I need one more thing. Got to get my reading sheet. You can pull this out too. Our scripture for the day is, is written on the inside. It's also going to be on the screens beside us. And we're going to read this together out loud. So if you would, please stand and let's read the text together. This then is the text for today. When they saw him from a distance, and before he came close to them, they plotted against him to put him to death. And they said to one another, here comes this dreamer. Now then, come and let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits, and we will say, a wild beast devoured him. Let us see what will become of his dreams. May God bless the reading of his word. I've, I have extinguished a few fires in my day. In fact, as I was thinking back over the sermon this week, I remembered three, three different fires that I help extinguish. One of those fires that I help extinguish was not long into our marriage. Amy and I were cooking together, and I don't know whose fault it was. I really don't remember whose fault it was, but someone left a towel on top of the stovetop, and it burst into flames. And so uh, quickly, I grabbed a fire extinguisher, Amy grabbed a cup of water, and we put that towel out. It went out quickly. Uh, there was another time I remember having to extinguish a fire. We had this fire pit that we were playing with and had a, a pretty good fire going, me and some friends. And it was way too windy that day for a fire. And some of what we were burning got out onto the ground and onto the grass, and a fire started. And so we ran, I ran and got a fire, uh, not a fire hose, I got a water hose, and I ran over to the fire and pretty quickly was able to, with a water hose, put that fire out. Those were both relatively small. There's also a very large fire that I helped put out one time. I was staying at a friend's house, and they have a, a ranch in South Texas, and we were staying out on their ranch, and a a bad thunderstorm came through where it was thundering and lightning and hail and rain. And it was late in the evening. It was about 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. And we heard his dad start yelling and telling us to get up and get out. And he rushed us out of the house. And we looked on the horizon. You could see a huge pasture was just on fire. And so I didn't know what we were doing. Um, but his dad wanted to protect the house, and they had lots of equipment, so he went and got a bulldozer and a tractor and a, a road grader, and they were out there just circling that fire, making a dirt ring all the way around, and I just rode on the, the bulldozer with my friend, and we just sat there, middle of the night, going in a circle, around and around, um, so that the fire would get to the dirt and wouldn't have anything else to burn. And really, for the size of the fire that that was and the night that it was, that fire went out pretty quickly too. Rain came through, the, the tractors worked, and everything happened like it was supposed to. And really, the flames didn't burn for more than an hour or two, and it was all over. And I don't, I don't know which was more effective, the, the extinguisher, the water hose, or the bulldozer. Um, because all three worked, and really all three worked very quickly at extinguishing these flames. 
And, and honestly, they, they were all pretty simple too. You just, you just put the fire out. It's a pretty simple thing to do in those circumstances. And I say that because Joseph's brothers didn't quite have it that simple. God had lit a fire under Joseph that could not be extinguished. It didn't matter what these brothers tried to do, they were not going to put this fire out. Joseph had these two dreams that had come from God. And, and God had spoken to Joseph and he revealed to Joseph in these dreams that he had a special call in his life. And Joseph was going to raise up and be a great leader in, in his family and be a great leader in this nation and be a great leader in the world. And God was laying that all out before him. And these two dreams. Now, when he had these two dreams, he didn't know exactly what all of this meant. He knew God was raising him up to be a leader, but that's all he really knew. God was doing something special in his life. He didn't know the details, but knew that God was up to something huge. And God was letting him be a part of this huge thing that he was doing. In these two separate dreams, God lit a fire under Joseph that could not be contained ever. Now, to be fair, Joseph probably let this go a little too far. His brothers were complaining about the dreams. His brothers were complaining about how he told them about the dreams. And, and he was kind of letting them have it. It seems 17-year-old Joseph wasn't quite as tactful as he could have been. But even still, God was doing a work in his life. God started a fire in his heart that burned hot. And it burned so hot it singed the people that were around him. It was all so bad that this is how Joseph's brothers referred to him behind his back, that he was this dreamer. He was this great dreamer. He was a master dreamer that had these large, beautiful dreams that would never come to fruition. And when they were talking about him coming in, in verse 19, they're saying, oh, there, there's Joseph, the master dreamer is coming in our presence. See, this fire that God had lit under Joseph was too much for his brothers. They were, they were jealous, one, of Joseph's relationship with his dad, and two, they, they were jealous of Joseph's re relationship with God. Not only was Joseph seemingly the favorite with their dad, Joseph in these dreams is the favorite with God too. What, what more could these brothers do? How much more could they handle that this one brother of theirs that doesn't know how to speak correctly to them is now out there saying these things. He's going to be the leader. He's going to be the leader of the family and the nation. They were jealous. They didn't want Joseph to hear from God. They didn't want Joseph to have this future leadership, so they took it upon themselves to extinguish these flames. This fire that God had started, they were going to put it out. And we have a real gut check here as a church family. Because it's too easy to become the brothers here, envious of what God is doing in other people's lives. Christians, we, we often find ourselves envious of, of what, what God's doing in other people's lives and how God is, is raising up other kinds of leaders, how God is speaking into people's lives, how the Spirit of God seems to be moving in families unlike it's moving in our own. And it worries us. And, and we're quick to, to tell ourselves that, that God's at work in their lives and not our own. That, that we haven't heard a voice. Or we haven't seen a dream. In fact, it has been ages since we've had real communion with God. 
And what's our response to that? What's our response when it seems like it has been ages that, that we have met and, and had lunch with our Lord? When, when, when our prayers went past the ceiling, went up into the heavens and God heard them and God spoke down into our hearts and our lives. When it's been a while, what's our response to that? Because often we, we behave like Joseph's brothers and we put blame out on them and we start to tear down the dream and tear down the work that God is doing in other people's lives. That's a terrible response when God is lighting fires under others. See, when God is lighting fires under others and we seem to be nothing but damp kindling, there is something we can do. There, there is a place that we can go and it has nothing to do with them. It has nothing to do with anyone else. This is between you and God. When you feel like damp kindling that has no real spark, that hasn't had a, a deep connection with God in a long time, that is between you and God. And it's something that can be remedied. Don't blame others if, if you have not known the holy fires of God's refinement motivating on to kingdom work. Like don't, don't worry about them. Come back to your God. That's what God's telling you in these moments. Come back to me. Focus on me. Don't focus on them. Don't focus on what's going on in the world. Don't focus on the chaos that's around you. Fix your eyes upon the author and perfecter of your faith. Fix your eyes upon the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and, and let him work in you. See, it's so easy to get caught up in what God's doing in other people's lives and feel like God has nothing for you. When certainly he does. When we take our eyes off the other people in our life and we fix our eyes up upon him, you will see certainly what God has in store for you this day. Because God has a plan and a purpose for your life that's beyond what you can even imagine. And he's saying, move your eyes off the world and off the chaos. Move them onto me and I will show you my ways. Joseph's brothers, they weren't there. They couldn't see it in that way. All that they saw was this holy fire burning under and burning within Joseph. And they went out of their way to extinguish it. They, they were just going to kill him. That's how the story starts. Then, then as the story moves on, they're going to strip him of his technicolor dream coat, right? And they do, and they pull that off of him. Then, and then as the story moves on, they're going to sell him into slavery. They are going to stop these dreams, Remember when they, when they met Joseph and he's coming out to them, they say, we see this dreamer and these dreams are no more. We're going to stop them. And that's what they set out to do. And they had all kinds of options to douse this flame. And, and all of it was relatively simple for them. Even with it being relatively simple to extinguish this flame, they had two problems. The first problem was the oldest brother, Reuben. He wasn't on board, and he was stepping in between. He stepped in between these brothers and Joseph. And he said, don't do it. Don't extinguish this flame. And he was going to take him back to his father. The other problem they had was that they saw all these, these options, and they were kind of going back and forth over the options and what they were going to do. But the point for them was just to put this fire out. If you look with me at the text, look at me with... Uh, look with me, Chap Genesis 37, verse 20. The end of that, the last sentence of verse 20, and they say that they're going to kill him, and then the last sentence, then they say, then we'll see what comes of his dreams. That line, then we'll see what, what will become of his dreams. 
That's them saying, we've got this. We are going to put this fire out, and it's going to be over. They all thought that it was possible, and they could be done with Joseph, and be done with his dreams, and be done with the plan that God had for his life. They really thought that, that the fire that God had started under Joseph could be put out with a bucket of water. But there's a problem with their plan. When God ignites something, it cannot be extinguished. God started this fire, and, and Joseph was going to live in that call until the end of his days. And, and that's what happens when God gets a hold of you, and God lights a fire under you, and God lights a fire within you. It, it, it comes out in all kinds of incredible ways, and, and, it, and, and you will live it out no matter what comes your way, no matter what happens in your life, that fire will burn deeply and it'll purify you and make you into the man or woman that God has called you to be and you will endure. You will make it through all of the things that this world throws at you. No matter what comes your way, it still burns, burning brightly within. See, Joseph, he had a terrible time. As you, you read through and you know the rest of the story from Genesis 37 to Genesis 50, Joseph had a terrible time. He was sold into slavery. He was accused of rape. He was imprisoned for years. And all along the way, years and years of this, the holy fire of God burned within him, purifying him, growing him, making him into a new man. And Joseph's brothers couldn't stamp that fire out. See, the, the painfully broken circumstances of his life couldn't stop the fire because God strengthened Joseph all along the way and God was fanning these flames all along the way, turning Joseph into something holy, something like God, something near to the person of Jesus Christ. It's all completely evident when you get to, to Genesis chapter 50. When we work our way all the way down into 50, the work of God burns on in chapter 50. It burns on towards salvation. It burns on towards reconciliation. It burns on to inexplicable forgiveness. At this point, towards the end of his life, Joseph has been through the refiner's fire and made a new man, a humble leader, ready to offer grace to his family. And this is the very same family that cut him as deep as family could possibly cut you. Still, he offered grace. It's the only way that he knew forward was to offer grace to the men who treated him this way. And that's by this holy fire of God that burned within him for decades. All the evidence of there that, that God started this holy fire and you see the results of it. You see the purification of it. You, you see the, the grace that is birthed out of it and the new growth that comes out of this fire that burned within Joseph. Turn with me now to Genesis chapter 50. It's the end of the book. You get to verse 19. Joseph speaking to his brothers. They, they think now Joseph's father has died. So now they think Joseph will finally get revenge on them because the father can't hold him accountable. So we get to 50 verse 19. And, but Joseph says to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? So as we work down through this, we, we need to know the first thing that Joseph does is he points his brothers back to God. He could have pointed them to himself. He, he was a man that had shown unflappable perseverance. He was a man who, who withstood all kinds of forces of evil in this world. 
And even with those forces of evil swirling about him, he rose to the number two position in Egypt. He, he went from a slave to one of the most powerful positions in the world. He justifiably could have looked at his brothers and said, you look at me. But Joseph lifted their eyes and pointed them to God and said, look at God and look at what my God is doing. That's how you know. That's how you know it was God that started this fire and God that was keeping this fire going within Joseph. You keep going. Get, get to verse 20 with me. He tells them, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what's now being done, saving many lives. See, Joseph reiterates to them that the most painful moments of his life were all for the glory of God. God was using the circumstances of his life to do good work See, Joseph wasn't put into a position of authority to get back at his brothers. He could have easily have seen it that way, that I'm going to show them that he had finally risen up to this position of authority. But he wasn't going to use this newfound power that he, he had against his brothers or against his family, even though everything in his flesh was probably telling him to do so. Because that's what happens in our life. The, the flesh wants to take over and tell us that it's okay to be vengeful. And it's okay to speak out and, and be against your brothers because of the way they've treated them, treated you. But the Spirit of God was there. And the Spirit of God was burning within, deep within inside of him. And what that means is it changes our behaviors. It makes us more like God. It makes us more like Jesus Christ. And so he, he looks at his brothers and says, I, I'm not going to use this power and authority for anything like that because God has given me another plan. God has shown me his ways, and his ways are salvation of the people, both physically and spiritually. And when God raises up leaders, and when God puts me in a position of power like this, it isn't for me, and it isn't for you, but it is for salvation. And it's for salvation of you. It's for the salvation of the nation. It's for the salvation of this world. And Joseph was there to bring this to light, saying, God is here bringing you salvation in the form of food and bringing you salvation to your soul, making you his, making you right with him. God wanted Joseph to keep hungry people alive. See, this wasn't about power. It was about salvation. It was never about Joseph's brothers coming into his kingdom on their knees begging for food. This wasn't about Joseph's potential. This was about the salvation of God's people. And when God raises us up to do mighty works, it's always about the salvation of his people. God could see all of this coming. God could see history unfolding. And he put Joseph, he put these people all in the right place, in the right mindset to bring about salvation. The work of God in our lives always burns on to salvation. Salvation of ourselves and salvation of others. Now the last verse of our reverse this week is, is verse 21. Look down with me in, in 21. Um, it says, don't, don't be afraid of fried for you and your children. And he assured them, comforted them, and he spoke kindly to them. See, in just a passing comment on this last verse, it says, Joseph spoke kindly to his brothers. When all of those years ago, you go back to Genesis 37, verse 4, and it says his brothers, all they could do were speak harsh words to him. They, they couldn't even gather it within themselves to utter one kind word about Joseph. They were as harsh as they could be. And here's Joseph in the last days of his life, in the last stages of the book of Genesis, and he's speaking kindly to them. 
You see, it, it, it didn't matter. It didn't matter what was said about him because the fire of God was burning within him. Joseph, Joseph was a picture of who our God is. God, as he's burning on towards salvation, is burning on in the same way towards forgiveness. God is always working hard for our forgiveness. And God wants to forgive us. And, and sometimes it, takes, it seemingly takes God forever and ever for, for us to find forgiveness. And the reason why it seems to take forever and forever for us to forget, find this forgiveness of God is because we are not yet forgivable. And this is what I mean by this. We, we have to be ready to repent, ready to turn our lives completely over to God, admitting that our way is not the way. And it's not the way that we're going to walk anymore. Instead, we're going to hand control over to our God and say, we're going to walk in your ways instead of my own ways. And when you're ready to accept that it's God's way now, and you ask for forgiveness, you are completely forgiven. In fact, 2 Peter 3 tells us that, that sometimes we, we think God's slow. Things seem to take years to happen for us, especially spiritually. And, and we wonder, why is it taking years for us to find any spiritual growth? And it takes us years to find any sense of, of forgiveness or this kind of fire that's burning within Joseph is because we haven't yet repented. The, the end of that, Second uh, uh, Peter 3, it, it tells us that God is slow to give you time to repent and give those around you time to repent. That you cannot blame others, that there's no holy fire of refinement burning deep within you because God is giving you every opportunity over and over again. God is giving you time day after day for you to find your way to repentance where you finally turn. You change your mind, you change your ways, and you say, I'm going to completely give my life over to God. All of those things that I've been holding back, I'm finally going to hand over. Then you'll start to see the fire, the fire burning deep within. Now, we see a difficulty that, that arises out of that. As we see that in Matthew, you look in, in both Matthew 18, you look at Matthew 6, is that this kind of forgiveness is contagious, that once you experience the forgiveness of God, you cannot help but to offer that same kind of forgiveness to other people. Now, if you, you read those passages, you read those passages that are in your listening sheet, and when you get it, you, you see that, that when you finally start to get it and you accept God's forgiveness and you start to forgive other people, there's, there's, this, there's this fire that's unquenchable that starts to take over starts to burn deep within you and deep within the group and mighty kingdom of God type things start to happen. And, and you become this forgiving person because God is molding you into him. You start to look like Jesus. Just like in this passage at the end of Genesis 50, Joseph looks a lot like Jesus. It's because the spirit of God has been burning within him. The same thing can, can happen for us and is happening in this place. We're, we're starting to, to be molded and refined to look more and more like Jesus Christ. And as we do, you're going to start to forgive other people. Just like Joseph forgave all of his brothers. Matthew 6, Jesus tells, you, tells us that when you accept the forgiveness of God, you're going to forgive the people around you. And in fact, if, if, you, if you aren't finding yourself ready to forgive the people around you, you haven't yet received the forgiveness of God because they go hand in hand. 
exactly as Joseph has done here. He's the ideal model of gospel grace, both that it's received and that it's given. This is all the refining fire at work in your life, purifying you and ridding you of the brokenness that's in your life. God's fire is burning hot. And he's ready. He's ready for you. And he's calling out your name. If you have yet to experience that, or if it's been ages, Jesus is calling out your name, saying, come to me and repent. Come to me and repent. Don't don't worry about everybody else in your life. Don't worry about the sins of others. Jesus is saying this morning, just look up at me. Forget about them. I need this between you and me. And we're going to make it right. And that fire is going to burn. And it'll burn forever through the ages. And you will be made right with our God. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for this this pure and holy example of grace that Joseph shows. Lord, we know that we're not capable of that. We're not capable of that on our own. The, The flesh steers us away. But Lord, we pray this morning that your holy fire would fall from heaven and refine us by your spirit so that we can start living in that. And that love and joy and peace and patience, the kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, Lord, we, we want it. We long for you. And so this morning, Lord, we hand our lives completely over to you. Lord, take our hearts and forgive us. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.